So hello again, uh, this is part two of a conversation um, with Mickey Metz from uh, Agaric, uh, a cooperative in Boston, Massachusetts, um, who's involved in developing the cooperative sector in the US and free and open source software. So uh, something I wanted to talk to you about, we're, we're, um, we're organizing meetings and um, online discussions uh, between people in the UK, at least, uh, who are building sort of new economy institutions. They're building the new economy. And we had a face-to-face -face meeting in, in London in March. Um, and there are more meetings coming up this year. We, we, and we uh, brought together people working in things like community energy, community-supported agriculture, worker co-ops, housing co-ops, transport co-ops, the same building a cooperative train line in the UK. Plus um, platform co-ops, a platform cooperative alternative to Uber. Um, people working in cooperative tech, uh, mutual credit, um, and plus the CEO of the Permaculture Network was there, and um, plus people working with two potential tools to knit all this together to keep them decentralised, because the danger is that uh, actually in the co-op world you just build giant institutions uh, for example we built a the, the, so, so every small town in the uk used to have its own little cooperative society but if any of those societies started to struggle they, the, the answer tended to be to be absorbed by another cooperative society and so it grew into giant cooperative institutions and there's there was a co-op bank in the uk and it's still called the cooperative bank even though it sort of stumbled and fell over and it was immediately swallowed by a hedge fund. So it's wow. absolutely not co a cooperative bank anymore. And yet its name is the cooperative bank. <laughs> it's been co-opted. It's the co-opt, co co We've got to add that T in there. Yeah. That is a real danger. Yeah. And I don't think anyone is sure how to circumvent that yet but i do know there's a lot of great minds working on it um the sociocracy yeah. method and um the group and spiral yeah i'm not sure if you're familiar with and spiral yeah they produce lumia don't they yes and working with the ica the, um they they yeah. are putting their heads on that in a in a very good way i i really don't think I could speak to it. It's much too large. I know that Agaric, um, my cooperative, we do not want to be large. We want to stay at 12 members at the most, and we're halfway there now. We're in no rush to add. When I was at the International Summit of Cooperatives a few years ago in Quebec, one of the um, talks or one of the themes of the conference was growing your co-op. And there was, thankfully, some great resistance from the audience about growing for just to grow, just to look um, like you have more profits or to, you know, to be bigger yeah. is not what co-ops need to do. Exactly. Co-ops need to grow horizontally yeah. and do th and spin off other co-ops yes. that are doing things that are ancillary to what they do. Yes, yeah, so, so, so how to grow, how to federate uh, co-ops rather than to grow them. Exactly. So, yes, federate, the federated method is wonderful. In fact, uh, Agaric runs a show and tell. We host it every Wednesday. 
It's mostly developers who stop in and uh, do a video chat and share tips and tricks of things they've learned. And when there's no presentation, we open the conversation to cooperatives, uh, uh, people to speak about their cooperatives and how they are formed, how they work, how the internal workings are, how we get paid, how we choose work and who does what. Um, and it, it's been phenomenal learning how people are doing this all over the world. But a co-op called FICUS, F-I-Q-U-S, from Argentina, has come up with a federated way that they share their development work with other cooperatives all over the, the place. Um, and, and it's really a pretty, it, when you see it, it's like a no-brainer. It's like, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> but they have laid out this whole method of how to share and I'll put a link to that in um, also because uh, it's it's really it's intuitive but one once you hear the beginnings of it you'll go oh oh okay I know where he's going but um, it, it just makes it so simple for for groups to share work which has been a stumbling block for, for um, technology for a long time, sharing the work. So, and um, um, we're talking with uh, specialists in something called uh, the viable system model in the UK. And um, they're telling us that that's a, that's a really important tool to keep um, cooperative networks, um, not just cooperative networks, but you know, new economy networks um, federated rather than consolidated into giant institutions right I'm putting a link in the chat right now to that it's a, a short 15 minute video at the bottom of the um, blog that um, where Nicholas DiMarco of ficus.coop is um, explaining how they use the Federation method to share work and uh, well worth the watch thank you thank you um, we're also going to start interviewing pairs of people uh, who are working in different sectors of the new economy and Very the aim of uh, for them to find out as much as they can about each other's work and where there, where there might be intersection. That is a wonderful thing. Recently, um, I'm part of May 1st, as I mentioned, um, and with a bunch of other people, cooperatives and just individuals, we've started a thing called the Radical Connections Network, which is a bridge between uh, technologists and activists to get them talking about uh, what is needed, what is needed to be built, what is, what is needed. You know, do you need training? Do you need help on the ground? Do you need uh, something built um, before just rushing and building a website? You know, that's, that's not how to go about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, we're also we're also building um, the Open Credit Network, which is a, a UK sort of national mutual credit network, so a, a moneyless trading network in the UK. Um, yes, is that similar to the Bristol Pound? No, the Bristol Pound is a is a local currency, so you need um, you know national currency to buy the the the, the Bristol Pound, and then they. Uh -huh. The idea is, is for the Bristol pounds to stay in the local economy for longer, so you benefit the local economy. But mutual credit, uh, it can't be bought with uh, with with national currency. It's um, you trade 
Um, everybody, everybody in the system gets an account. So right. when you when you sell something, you get credits in your account, and when you buy something, you get debits in your account. And everybody's account hovers around zero, and you have a, a limit to how far you can go into credit, and you have a limit to how far you can go into debit. Um, I mean? that, that, it's that that's it really. You, you just you just trade on account. So uh, there is no sort of national currency to be to be extracted. Hmm. We, uh, that's that's very interesting. To remove the locality. Yes. Yeah, so 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 we the idea is that you build local local trading groups with businesses that get get to know each other and trust each other. And then that would be nested into a regional network and a national network, which would then be, be uh, nested in a, in a global network. So we have. Uh, <coughs> it was actually this book, uh, "The End of Money and the Future of Civilization," written by Thomas. Excellent. Greco. The Thomas End of Money. That's a wonderful thing. It's written by Thomas Gre Thomas Greco. He's one of yours. He's a, he's an he's an American. Yes. And, uh, I read that book about five years ago and I thought it was just fantastic. And also since then, um, uh, one of ours, an English guy, Matthew Slater, wrote um, the Credit Commons white paper, which is uh, a plan to, um, to to nest and to network all these local music schemes into a giant sort of global credit commons so that you can earn your credits in, in your local in your local area and you can you can spend them anywhere in the world. Hmm. It sort of takes the banks out of the equation altogether. They're just not. Yes, that does. Wow, that's um similar kind of well not similar but I guess in the same vein of uh, currencies that uh, belong to the Ujima Boston Group and we've recently started using Common Good. I don't know if you've heard of the Common Good community. Um, system of money or currency i guess we shouldn't call it money right <laughs> and um yeah it's a it's very interesting we're just starting it so i can't give you any real feedback on it yet but you can pay with your common good card and um the and reason what, is it, what kind of a what, what is a i mean what is common good? <laughs> Is it a, a local currency? Is it a crypto? Is it a? It's a community-centered economic demo democratic currency. Yes. <coughs> and um, it was started, I guess, in Western Mass, I believe. And wow, no, I guess I'm not sure where it started, but I'm glad it did. <laughs> and um, Ujima, the Ujima group that I belong to in Boston, I put a link in the chat. Um, we are experimenting with using this currency in our group to revitalize an area of Boston that is kind of devastated. There are some really war-torn areas of Boston. And... Um... So yeah, tell me, tell me again. I didn't quite get what uh, I just. I had a phone call actually. I didn't quite get what kind of currency it was. It's a token system. Okay, and how do you get a token? Um, you join the group and you move money from your bank account into their currency. Okay. 
container and you can move money back out of it without any fees or any um so it's like a local, it's like it's more like a local currency yes yes okay yeah um so you're 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 liaising between the u.s solidarity economy network and um the u.s federation of uh worker cooperatives is that right yes and so the 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 solidarity economy network is well it's just building the new the new economy and uh the u.s federation of worker cooperatives is the national organization of what four thousand u.s worker-owned companies yes yes and uh it's all still just forming um the they're having their yearly meeting um or events i guess it is a conference in baltimore this year the united states federation of worker-owned cooperatives and they do a lot of things around um getting us health care uh sometimes it's really hard for a cooperative to get health care for their workers because we're so small um i think it's under nine people or under 10 people they don't you can't it's hard to get an insurance a health insurance contract so they do things like figure out things like that for us like could we buy it in a group if we put three or four cooperatives together on a plan could they buy it so they're a wonderful um wonderful group that we can bring issues to and they will help us solve them help us fly through this territory we've never been before here's a tricky question for you uh-oh <laughs> is the co-op sector a subset of the solidarity economy and and if it is what what else comprises the solidarity economy <clears throat> i think the solidarity economy is more of a <clears throat> excuse me a mindset and a framework as we put together the tools we need to be a self-sustaining community. So we're figuring out first, um, it all goes hand in hand with decolonization. People are so colonized into this monetary system we have that it's, uh, it takes a lot of teaching to get their head up to, to look at another way of doing things. It's, it's very ground in there money is the way and the bank is the way so working with things like um, credit unions um, other ways to manage your money and to invest in your local community so the solidarity economy network i think is more of a teaching instrument and um also we're gathering the assets to be able to tell people well you can do this that and the other thing to you know get your community towards solidarity and basically it's like a circular economy that will sustain your community so it's an individualistic thing right now and we're trying to get it into a big picture and we do realize that decolonization has to come first um, so that people are ready for the message and ready for sharing and not feeling threatened by you know money loss or whatever do you um so I, what do you think about this I, so I sort of see 
sole traders, self-employed people, as a bit like cooperatives of one. As they're democratic institutions and they're non-extractive by their very nature. And I just wondered what you thought about that. Um, like a freelancer would be... Oh, anything at all. A sole, a sole trader, somebody who works just for themselves. Right, sole proprietor. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. I guess they, they are. That I would agree with that. They're like a, a single person cooperative. Yeah, it's, it seems that way. Yeah. I'm, I'm sort of, I tend to think of them as part of the solidarity economy. Um, um, but what happens if they start to grow? They start to take people on and they start to, you know, they, they're a small local business, which is great. We like small local businesses. But it's the sort of difference between mutualism and distributism. I don't know if you've, whether you've come across this before. But mm. distributism was about spreading power thinly throughout society. So that includes small businesses. But there's a real danger that you sort of become a nursery bed for small businesses that don't want to stay small. They want to become giant corporations. And, you know, right. Walmart was, a, was one shop once. And mm. Starbucks was one coffee shop once. And so there's a danger that you're helping those people to actually become giant corporations. And then they put their branches back into, into communities and suck wealth out. Yes. So, now there's a Starbucks on every corner sucking wealth out of the community. Yeah. Yeah. And refusing to pay taxes properly. Right. Exactly. Like the Amazons of the world. Yeah. That is, it's unconscionable. I don't know that we have a weapon to beat that with yet. <laughs> Or if we have a... Uh... I don't know, but I mean, it's, there's, so there's a difference. So there's a, something, a, a very similar concept to distributism, which is mutualism. And mutualism um, doesn't include small businesses, small private businesses. Of course, of course mm. you use a, a, a local, small, independent business rather than a giant corporation. Of course you would. But they're not part of the movement, if you see what I mean. You're, not, you're, you're trying to build a movement which includes... Uh, cooperatives and commons such as Wikipedia and and free and open software um, and um, community land trusts and credit unions and mutuals and sole traders but hmm. you, you, you sort of can't be in that federation if you employ people privately because you are beginning the extraction process Exactly. If that kind of an institution grows, then you become a giant extractive company and you become, you know, an Amazon or a Starbucks of the future, which we don't want to support, really. I think that's, a, I think that's possibly the most difficult question of, you know, who, who, who is in this? Who are we in this with? Well, yeah, it's very problematic because so we've all been raised to take care of your own you won't have enough if you spend too much. You, um, you have to take care of yourself first, which is true and is a tenet of cooperativism. But where does that end? Where does that self-care end? It ends when you have enough to be comfortable. And then the sharing begins. You can't share if you don't have enough and cripple yourself. But then to keep it going, like to have a Starbucks on every corner, um, to me that seems like modern day mania where you never can have enough. 
those people, I don't think if there was a perfect world, they probably would never have enough. They're so indoctrinated into the scarcity um, mode. I think corporations do a, a huge disservice by um, spreading the scarcity yeah. message. Yeah. That you will be left out, you will not have if you don't join us in this giant corporate bubble. Well, it was very interesting that you said that the same attitude uh, was was present at a, a sort of a, a cooperative gathering. You know, you see the, the aim is to grow your cooperative. Yes. And it's like, well, why? We're, we're very happy yeah. doing what we're doing. We enjoy our work. We're providing useful services to our community. Why would that be any better if we were twice the size? We can grow yeah. the sector. Growing the sector is something different. Um, that's not the same kind of growth. That's just... You, you keep the same size of economy and you just basically cooperativize it. Um, True. So you're not increasing the overall size of the economy. All you're doing is making the economy just better for people, really.